Okay, good morning. Today's class is sponsored for the merit of Asher ben Salatanat, a well-known physician who has received countless, saved countless lives and needs prayers. He's currently in the ICU after a fall and is bleeding his brain. May we manifest a full recovery for him. Also, today's class is sponsored in, in the merit of her sister, his sister finding a zivug. Her name is Sohelia Yaffa Batsara and Yaakov. Also, today's class is sponsored in success for Miriam Shoeki and A.B. Chaco. Okay. Also, this class is in the Four Shalema of Leah Mimun Ben Jennifer Esther Lanit. And Mizrat Hashem, the Nishmat, Miriam Ben Aryeh, and the Nishmat Yurach, Daniel Ben Gedalia, Rufur Shalem, Afsian Ben Neyma, Rufur Shalem of Daniel Ben Sarah, Michelle Ben Yavne, and Chana Batadel, and success in Yerach Shemayim of Elisheva, Barnabal Gadiel Ben Elisheva, Shefer Ben Elisheva, Reina Malka Batov Basha, and Emmet Ben Elisheva. All right, we have a, we have a very, very uh, deep, deep concept today. Um, I'm trying to bring it down into practicality, so... Try to buckle up. We're going to do lesson 64 in the Kute Moran, which is a very, very powerful Torah. It talks about philosophy, it talks about freedom of choice, it talks about confusion, it talks about questions, it talks about many, many aspects. We're going to talk about how to, my whole, my whole goal really is I can give you all kinds of Kabbalistic terms you're not going to understand. Or I can try to practicality say, how do I bring this down to our practical lives? That is my goal. Rabbi Nachman says, when you bring teachings down to the vernacular, it's extremely beneficial for the world. So our whole goal is really, really to get people to understand. So this lesson starts, lesson 64, starts with, with, the, with the Pasuk that says, go to Paro, I have hardened his heart, Right? This concept itself, where, where Hashem tells Moshe to go to Paro, right? What does this Paro represent? Paro represents a place devoid of godliness. Devoid of, a place of nothing but darkness, devoid of godliness. And he says, I've hardened his heart. So you could say, make, a, make a good question here. So if, if I've hardened his heart, what free choice does Paro have? And this is a, bit, a lot of questions. So there's, he's going to talk about that there's concepts in life that there's questions that don't have answers to. Because they come from a place called the vacated space. We're going to talk about this concept called the vacated space practically and Kabbalistically. A vacated space practically, as Viktor Frankl says, in life there's, an, there's, there's a trigger, something happens, there's a reaction, right? There's a reaction, whatever response or reaction, and then there's the outcome. That reaction that happens after the stimulus is practically the best definition of the vacated space. That means there's always a space in our lives that it looks like we've been abandoned. It looks like there's, where's God in the picture? How could this have happened? But ultimately that is a place where free will exists. And that's a place where we have to conquer. This is why there's a lot of confusion on why would God allow this to happen? Why would this happen? Why would this? Why is there so much bad in the world? Why is there so much test? Why is there so many tribulations? It has to happen. Otherwise, 
there would be no evil, if evil did not come to the world it could never be elevated there would be no test in the world you'd never get rewarded you practically be here as a per- person with no free choice basically you'd be a robot with no free choice anything and there would really don't be, not be any purpose of this world another big concept you need to understand is God had to create the world so that there should be an arousal from below that should affect an arousal from on high. Again, why? Because if you wait for things to happen, then you really didn't earn it. It's only when we change our perspective, when we make things happen, do things happen upstairs. The arousal has to become below. A good example of this would be two people fighting that could turn into skeletons, or one can apologize, make peace, and there could be an arousal. But somebody has to apologize. Nobody's, that situation does not get better until somebody makes one kind of a move. Okay? So this is, this is gonna, there's a lot of questions. And the problem is the more we, to the extent that we have a bad experience in, with, in trauma or areas of our lives, we have a bad experience, many times that results in a, in a person leaving his creator. A person distancing himself from his creator because he interrupted that test as a punishment and that punishment became the, the excuse for leaving Judaism. Again, again, there's trauma. There's a lot of things in the world. There's cancer. There's horrific things that happen in the world. There's a lot of, there's a lot of evil in the world, but it ultimately has to exist. Your job in this world is to elevate it back to good and to have faith in areas. You need to know how to, you need to know when to put, press the gas in life and you need to know when to press the brakes in life. Extremely important concept. We always want to just press the gas all the time. No, it's not possible. There's a time you have to press the brakes. We're going to talk about a prayer from the 50th gate, which talks about the, the greatness of being silent. Think about the majority of people who are struggling with anxiety and depression. They're identifying themselves as their voice. They don't hear the voice. They identify with the voice. See the difference? I can hear a voice. Doesn't mean I am the voice. Two people can watch something on TV. One can be completely petrified. Another one could say, this is nonsense. Doesn't mean you believe everything you hear on TV, you'd probably be the biggest fool today to believe every headline you see on social media. You'd probably be a fool today. But some people really see headlines, they get anxious. Because there's nothing else to fill it but emptiness. So this is an area where we have to, rec- we have to recognize your relationship, what in the world did our creator create this world for? It's very important to get the mission statement. And this is where Rab Nachman says it black and white. And if I believe if you have this line always, this line has always helped me tremendously, specifically going through my challenges. And the reason why I think I've been able to handle so much is because of my ultimate simplicity. I don't get into philosophy. If it's too complicated, it's not for me. Life cannot be so complicated. We make things more complicated than they are. But life is not so complicated. 
We are the ones that are making the mess bigger than it is. Just as a person, you just were completely had faith. The more faith you have in your life, the more answers you have. The more philosophy and, and you get into that world of intellectualism, all you're going to have is a bunch of questions and no answers. You might appear to be very intelligent, but at the end of the day, you're going to have nothing in the shopping carts at the end of the day. God created the world as the consequences of his compassion. So that's the mission statement. God created this world in order to reveal his compassion. So automatically, because of that line itself, you have to believe that whatever happens to you, there's compassion there. Whether or not you could see the compassion, that's a different question. But you have to believe that everything, that every trial in your life, everything that goes for, every fault, every situation, is ultimately there for your compassion. Because that it was his intention. My intention is to be compassionate. A child who's sick and you're giving him medication and he's yelling at you while you're giving him this medication, the child has no dot. So you can't, how much compassion can you have on him? But ultimately, if we recognize, we grow up and we recognize that absolutely everything, and I, the more I see this, the more I see this over doing this five years, six years, I see nothing but compassion across the board. For example, an addict, a person that has no spirituality in his life, all of a sudden picking up an addiction, that is ultimately God's compassion. Because God wants that person to, to have a spiritual awakening, and he would have never gotten there if it wasn't for the addiction. A person single that would not be connected to prayer before, but now because of the problem, the solution became that person now is more spiritual, that person ends up attracting a better person and has a more fulfilling life. The whole intention, believe it or not, is to reveal his compassion. You have to have that as the mission statement. This, when you do this, when you have that, all anger is out of the way, frustrate, all the negativity that's causing because you think you know better would be moved up. But if you believe that everything God was doing is for your compassion, and again, we see this all over the place with the Jews in Egypt. God's trying to take them out. He's trying to help them. He's trying to develop them. He's trying to get them to believe and strengthen their muna. And all they're doing is resisting and complaining about stupidity all day long. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? God's trying to help you. All he's doing is trying to give you compassion. So compassionate to them. And all they were thinking about is what are we not getting we're, getting, we're not getting this, we need this. All they were doing was resisting. Why'd you take us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Why are you starving us? You could just see this and like, oh my God, this sounds like 2022. And all God wants to do is, is free them from slavery. But the problem is, is our hearts. We think we know everything. We think we know better. So we harden our hearts. And we do not allow God's compassion to reach us. And that's the, this is why it's so important to be very open-minded, to have healthy self-esteem, to be curious and not to judge everything as bad or good. Just, it is what it is. There's a concept called silence. 
our sages tell us, silence comes before wisdom. You have to sometimes just observe and stop being so attached. This is good. This is bad. I'm having a bad day. I'm having a good day. Power of silence. Imagine going on a date without any judgment, without any fear, and just observing. How much, what a different experience would that be? Wouldn't that be great? You just observe instead of before. It's so much judgment, so much, just let, let it be. Be in the moment. Observe, be in the present moment. So he says God created the world out of, out of compassion. And his job is to give compassion. Now, there has to be people to receive the compassion. But in order to... And remember, there's a difference between compassion and there's a difference between enabling. What, today's, what, what the world is doing today, we're enabling weak people. That is not compassion. What you think is compassion is actually enabling. Telling a drug addict, why, why smoke crack alone? Let me help you. Let me get somebody to smoke crack with you. That is not compassion. That is enabling. The world today is enabling people. Enabling mediocrity. This is what the, what this is the problem with society today. You're enabling mediocrity. And that you cannot have any kind because if you lose your ratzon, if you lose your desire today, what do you have? What do you have? So what happens when you stay comfortable in life? You can almost expect the problem to come. Because your creator has to make the arousal for you. So the worst thing we could do is just be in a comfort zone today. You get comfortable, just say, you know, we get invitations all, all, we get invitations all day long, don't we? Invitation to this. When you get comfortable, you're basically saying, where's my invitation? Where can I RSVP to this problem coming? Because ultimately, the worst thing you could do is live in a world with no meaning and no purpose. So your creator has to do whatever he can to get you out of your comfort zone. So you could see today, the price people won't, they have, they, anything to avoid pain. They'll do anything to avoid pain. They'll stuff themselves, they'll get high all day long. They'll knock themselves out just to avoid being in the moment and to avoid it. But what happens is, if you do that, you can't be silent. And you can't grow because at the end of the day, the, the biggest test that we're going through, that is the vacated space. So God created the world with infinite light. He had to withdraw for himself. He had to withdraw the light and he had to create a vacated space. The vacated space, according to Kabbalah, is the root of all free will. The Arizal says that man, God had to create a vacated space because without that vacated space, there would be no place for creation. I always gave this example all the time. We had two stores in Vegas. We had an employee that we really liked. We really wanted to promote her. But before you're running two stores in Vegas, you're not just going to... I know you're a nice person, but I have to sort of test you. So 
what happens? We had to send the customer there with a lot of money to see if she pocketed it or not. That is considered a vacated space. I cannot tell her it's coming. I cannot tell her it's happened. I had to, I had to withdraw myself and allow her to create a situation where she proved that she could not run two stores and she could double the, her salary, etc. But it, I had to create that situation in order for her to be elevated. Because she proved that, she made an arousal, and she created now a chance for her to now be elevated. She, had, she passed the test. Now, that vacated space has to happen. The vacated space refers to a test in your life. What you do, it's not what happens, it's what you do with what, with, with what happens. That is the vacated space. That is ultimately the root of all creation. Something breaks, what do you do? You check out, or you check in and rebuild. That is the root of everything. Everything in our life is related to this. Now the problem is, 95% of the world, it's usually giving meaning to things based on the lens of the past. So if they'll see a future test, they'll automatically assume it's the same problem as before. You understand? If I look at the lens, if I see the future from the, from the, from the, from the past, then what do you think that vacant space is going to look like? Oh, here you go, there's another trauma. Another trauma. You're always going to be based, this is why it's so important, if you, want, if you want lasting change, you have to change things on a permanent level, on a conscious level. For example, if I had a, a failed relationship, let's say, let's say I had a bad, I had a divorce, it was not handled well, I come out of that relationship with fear. Right? Remember, after every experience, we have an emotion. And if that emotion is not elevated, wisdom is the memory without the emotion. So if I go to a new experience with the lenses of fear, all I have to have is somebody making a comment. I don't know if it's going to work out. Automatically, that vacated space means this is not going to work out. It's over. We fill in the meaning to everything. And the meaning is based on how we feel about ourselves. But if there is no challenge, then there's no chance for you to fill in the blank. So there has to be a place where you fill in the blank. And that's called the vacated space. And that's ultimately where we can choose two options, faith or fear, simplicity or complexity. Many people cannot handle simple faith. It's too, it's too vulnerable. So they get into all kinds of psychology. They get into all kinds of philosophies to appear that they're so much smarter. At the end of the day, they know nothing. Because if you look at all of the questions, they have questions about this, they have questions about that, they have questions about this. At the end of the day, they have no answers. But it appears that they're so intelligent. That's completely the opposite of Hasidus. Emunah. You have faith, then you'll get your answers. We don't have questions. We have answers. And areas that we don't understand in our lives, we have something called silence. We have something called bittel. We have something called dombi shtok. And then the answers come to us. It's a completely different philosophy of what you see out there. I have no idea what they're teaching people in college and universities. I have no idea what's going on out there. 
but it could screw up a lot of people's minds having a life of no spirituality. You're looking for answers and all you, what are you going to do? You're just going to double your efforts into more philosophy and more confusions. And there's a reason why the most successful class in Harvard is a class on happiness. Hmm, that should teach you something. How come the most successful class in Harvard University, you should be, it should be physics, it should be something else. Happiness? Because there's a lot of confusion in the world. Because they don't look at God as compassion. So what happens is, is it's very similar to the world of Babel, the Tower of Babel. When we think we know everything, we'll figure it out. What do we need God for? Bilbul. You know what Bilbul means? Bilbul means confusion. So we live in a life of confusion. I can't thank my creator enough, Rabbi Nachman. Because Rabbi Nachman is everything. This is why people, they can't understand how could the classes get so much results. As long as you come with an empty heart and an empty space, you will receive. But the more schmutz you have in your head, and the more garbage you have, and the more thing, that is not allowing you to, to receive. One of the prerequisites before getting into Rabbi Nachman's teachings is you have to unlearn in order to learn. Because otherwise you're not teachable. If you really think you know everything, you're not teachable. You have to unlearn. Today we have to unlearn to learn. Because we assume we know everything. And we only assume we know everything based on either traumatic experiences. It's not even coming from a good place. Because the healthier you are, you'll recognize you're teachable. But today, the hardest work is to get people to unlearn or to surrender their fears. You know, some of us, like earth signs, Virgos and, and, and Capricorns and Tauruses, they have such a, they're so logical that they have a hard time with this. They have a harder time with, with just the Muna. They have a harder time with just trusting and letting go. It's an unheard, the concept is just, I don't understand. What do you mean, trust and let go? I need answers. Silence gives you answers. Very important concept. Ramnasan adds that the main reason why God had to break the vessels, create this vacated space and create this, was due to the first man did not exist. There was no man in the world. So if there's no man, there's no arousal from below. By serving God and performing a person's mitzvot, by becoming simple and serving him, what happens? That person now gets a, creates an arousal from below. So every time I do a mitzvah, I do a good deed, I give charity, I do this, I'm creating an arousal. So when there's an arousal from below, then there's an arousal from on high. So today, the worst thing you could probably do is wait for somebody to save you. Or wait for happiness to come to you. Or wait for success to come to you. Or wait for things. It's the worst thing you could do today. It's the worst thing you could do today. Because you're waiting for something, but you're in the wrong game. You're the one waiting. You have to make the application. You have to get the one. You have to make the change. And then the change comes from above. You become more merciful. Your creator gets more merciful. Luckily, our creator is so generous that he doesn't give up on us. So when we're going through hard times, you know what he does? He sends us difficult people. 
the senses chances to see exactly what we're going through through other people. Basically, he sends you people that need compassion so you can get compassion. Let's say you're struggling in your business and you're full of fear and anxiety. He'll send you somebody that needs charity for his organization so you can give him charity to really help you. Because otherwise, we'd be pretty much in our heads all day long. So it creates situations in our life all the time so we could actually help others. And that actually helps us. So even if you haven't done, made the arousal yourself, even if you haven't done nothing, it gives you opportunities all the time. Now, if you tell them to buzz off, then you lost your, you know, you're stranded in the ocean and the guy's coming with a, with a, you know, with a helicopter to save you. You tell the guy, no, buzz off. Then that's a whole different problem onto itself. But you need to recognize you're going to get tested in life. You're going to get situations where you don't understand. And your job, really, the difference is, is how you handle it. And I'm telling you, this will help you with everything in your life. Because if everything that happens to you, right away, you give it the wrong meaning, you can get stuck. You can get stuck with, with that empty... Remember, that place is supposed to be empty. What was David and Melech's main comment? By the way, today is also the yurt site of Reb Nachman's grandfather, Reb Nachman Hardenkerzal. And you should know Reb Nachman descended from, from King David. But just the concept. What does David and Melech always, what did he always say? I mean, David and Melech, was, was King David was a primary example. A million things happened to him. And he could have given the wrong meaning all the time. Why am I getting What did he always say? My heart is hollow. My heart is hollow. Now, if, I, if, you have a, if you have a vacated space that's already full, with a certain meaning, can I enter into that space? No, there's no space. There's no space because you're, already, you're, you're taking up all the space. What we need to do is we need to create space. Not only create space for people, by how? By listening. By understanding them, by being compassionate to them, by seeing their limitations. But the more we make everything about us, the more we fill our space, and we don't allow a creation to happen. Two people arguing. If somebody doesn't back off, create a space, you're, you're actually reducing exactly what God did. What did God do? He had to remove himself from the picture to create a space. So this is teaching us a big lesson. Sometimes in life, we have to remove ourselves from the picture to create a new space. Because if, we're, if, we're, we're all, if we, are, we think we know everything, we take up all the space. And the practical term would be that, like this, is remain teachable. And this is where Rabbi Nachman says here, that after, the, after the, there was too much light, he remembered the goal was compassion, but in order to create, I have to have a, if I could be the greatest coach in the world and have no team, it would serve absolutely no purpose. You need a team. So he had to create a team. He had to create a world. But in order to create a world, he had to see where people would recognize his compassion. How many people say, thank you God, and you're so compassionate. And some people say, what kind of God is this? It's a horrific God. It's because one handled the vacated space to test in their lives well. And other people, they didn't see the kindness, gods. 
And the only way you see this is through what? Faith. Because faith is that area where you don't have the answer. Because it appears, remember, there's a difference between God being abandoned in your life and God being concealed in your life. We, when we don't feel good about ourselves, we replace abandonment, uh, concealment with abandonment. So now, if you feel you've been abandoned by God, where in the world are you going to turn to? You're going to turn to drugs. You're going to turn to alcohol. You're going to turn to anything to get you out of your head. But if you feel that God is concealed in your life, what are you going to do? You're going to run to Him in prayer. See the difference? Concealed versus abandonment. One takes you nowhere, and one takes you everywhere. Because ultimately, you're coming to Him in that concealment, which is the ultimate place of, 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 of Emunah. That's why Hashem told Moshe, come to Paro. Paro? Of all places, you're telling me to come to the darkness of the darkness? Come to the place of the void, because I'm here. Why is he telling me to come to Paro? Come to the darkness. It's because that's the greatest place where you could make the biggest arousal. I can only get practically test. The only way I can get a practical reward for my life today is if I overcome darkness, if I overcome struggle, and if I, sh- and I, and I overcome something. Otherwise, if I know the answer to the question, if that employee knew that I was testing her and I'm sending the customer, there would be no point of that test happening. It's only because I created that. Now, thank God she didn't take the money and she got rewarded. She didn't understand why she got rewarded. But I know what she got rewarded. She, would never, she never made it into... In a million years, she would have never thought somebody's testing her, it's a fake customer. But it was all done from heaven. It was all done by us. So this is happening in, your, in our lives constantly. A deal breaks, what are you going to do about it? You're going to show up to show the next day or you're going to, catch, you're going to throw in the towel? You're going to stand up or you're going to just break down because you know everything. Do you understand why depression is such a bad problem? Do you understand why it's such a bad problem? It's because you've interpreted the vacated space. you filled that vacated space with your own meaning. And much, most of the time, the meaning that you've given it is based on previous failures or childhood issues that are not real. They're just based on your perspective of the world. So if you have the wrong perspective, any test that comes to you, you're going to say the same exact thing again. This is where in therapy we reframe. You have to reframe things. You have to reframe the events. But if you have the constant concept that God is compassionate, that should be the main thing. If I have a good relationship with my father, and if he takes away something, I have to assume it's compassion. I have to assume it's compassion. But if you, if you look at your father stingy and cruel, and he takes away something, what are you going to say? Why are you picking on me again? I hate to make it so simple, but you have to change your relationship with your creator, and then everything changes. I see things so obvious. Like, it doesn't even, it's not even a question with a lot of people, and they don't see it. I see nothing but compassion, but in their lenses, they do not see compassion. They see cruelty, they see punishment, 
And I'm telling you after losing a son that I'm making this class. I'm not making this class from my bubble mindset that my life is perfect. I'm trying to explain to you that when you're in the moment and you recognize your purpose and you really, really live in a spiritual world, you look at physicality completely different. But if you do not live in the spiritual world, you look at physicality, <laughs> that's your whole life. And you're, you're pretty much, you have no life. Because you're never going to have what you want, etc. And I'm, we're not, it's not like God's permit. It's, it's you stop chasing. You stop chasing. You stop chasing validation. You stop chasing after this. And, it, and you end up becoming going into a good place and then things come to you. But because we are weak with our amuna, what do we do? We seek philosophy. All this philosophy. Fluff, more fluff, and more fluff. All philosophy is, according to Rav Nachman, is fluff. Fluff, fluff, and more fluff. That's what he's saying here. Philosophy, and where does this philosophy come from? Vacated space, because that's where evil existed. That's where evil existed. In truth, it is impossible to answer these questions. This is because the questions that arise from hearsay stem from the vacated space in which, so to speak, there's no godliness there. Therefore, there's absolutely no way you can find the question to these answers. Because where they come from is a place of no godliness. You see the problem here? When you don't have your creator, when you don't have faith, you're guaranteed not to have questions, not to have answers. Because your questions are coming from, how many times do we say, you'll get, if you get rid of the fear behind the question, you'll get to the answer. If you get rid of the stupidity behind the questions, even many people say, understand the question and you'll get the answer. But otherwise we have many questions, questions, questions. And all we're trying to do is just pretend we're smarter and smarter to compensate for a low, for our control or a low self-esteem or insecurities. Because if, if we would have no insecurities, we would go all in on faith. And we, would, we wouldn't wait. We wouldn't worry about failure. We wouldn't worry about fear, feeling abandonment. It's just we're trying to overcome. We're trying to rationalize everything. This is the world that we're living in today. And you can see, you, you stand back and you see this. It's a zoo. It's a zoo. No answers. Just look at what's going on in the world. This guy's fault. That guy's fault. This one's fault. It's... Uh, there's no answers. There's no answers. But when you see, like Rav Nachman says, when you do his bodhidut every single day, when you have this relationship with your creator, when Mashiach comes, the whole world, you know what he says? When Mashiach comes, the whole world is going to be, wow, well, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. People that have a connection with God and do his bodhidut, you know what he's going to say? It's going to, you're going to feel like you're going to walk up from a good nap. Completely under control. Isn't that what we want at the end of the day? You want to be in your head all day long? So there's times in life where you need to just go to sleep. There's times for silence. I'm going to explain to you, I'm going to read to you some of the prayers of Rav Nassim on this Torah, just to bring it down a little bit to your hearts. But I cannot tell you the value of simplicity. I'm not telling you to go hang out and svat and talk to trees all day long. No, this is in the real world you're living in. I live in the real world just like you. I'm also in business just like you. I have kids. I'm married. I'm not telling you to go and live in Tibet and become a monk and just live in silence. No, I'm telling you to bring this silence into your lives. Bring this peace of mind into your lives. Instead of living constantly judging, you know, everything that happens to you. Bad. 
good, bad, bad. <laughs> There's no room for creation if I'm always judging things so quickly. If I have no control of, of my emotions, how can, I cre- how can I be curious? How can I observe? If I'm in an argument with somebody and I'm so busy hating them, how can I observe the next and, and try to make peace and find a good point in him? Only when I stop, get out of my own head, create a space, and say, okay, what about that person is triggering me? Then the answers come. Gotta be, you need to know how to step back. You have to be able to step back. This is exactly why sports teams call a timeout. Timeout. We need a timeout in life. Just to step back, reframe the situation. And this is really a lot of psychology is based on this. But when, if you are in the world that you want nothing but certainty, you are nothing but control, you are nothing but you're protecting your ego out of fear of failure, you're going to have nothing but confusions and questions all day long. Because that is the problem. There is no vacated space. You've already created your creation. So we always have to empty our hearts. This is why Reb Nachman refers to the Dalid, refers to the thinking very Dalut. Thinking with nonsense. You have to go from the Dalit to the Hay. Gedalia. Go from the Dalit to the Hay. The Dalit is Dalut. Your, your mind is Dalut. So my whole name is to go from the Dalit to the Hay. And I can tell you, not only if you're smart, not only do you, but you put God in the constriction. What is, what is the Pasuk? When a person puts Hashem as a partner in his constriction, he gets double. So now if you're really smart, you take those tests, you take those challenges, and you put God into them. Not only do you come back at a better level than before, you actually come back at a much higher level. But really the purpose of all pain and everything is to get you to a higher place than you were before. The purpose of pain is not to get you back to even. It's to get you to a much higher mindset. It's not there just to say, okay, you deserve to be punished. I'm going to cleanse you. No, it's to get you to grow and to open up your perspective because you handled the situation well. I mean, it seems so clear, doesn't it? But when it comes down to the, the times, our emotions are not are running the show. That's why we, don't, we, need, we need a time to speak to our Creator. We need a time for silence. We need a time for non-judgment. We need a time to build ourselves. We need to stop worrying about being alone, being lonely, and start focusing on being alone. Being alone with our thoughts. Being, having time for meditation. I had a meditation today for an hour and a half. It's been a long time since I've had his bow do for an hour. And I, I, I was late to synagogue. I didn't even know I was there for an hour and a half. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I said, what a gift to be able to not even recognize the time where you're praying. What a gift. I mean, that was, that was like a, a, a gift beyond gift for me. Because I, tra- I transcended time and space. When you're stressed out, what's the first thing you want to do? Okay, how long? I'm out of here. How long? You're not there. You're not there. But we yearn to get back to that place where time exists. Doesn't. You know what? 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 what, it's, what when they, our sages tell us when Mashiach comes, you know it's gonna it's, it's gonna be a place where knowledge is is complete. That means time time and space will not exist for you. Imagine living in the moment all the time. That is what Mashiach is gonna taste like.
What, would you, what is your life? When you've had good days, think about you've had good days, those days you're in the moment. Didn't matter where you were. Didn't mean you were making, you were just in the moment. That is what it's all about. We're yearning to get back to the moment. Because when you have dot, the more dot you have, the more time and space doesn't bother us. Today we are suffering from two things, attachment to time and space, attachment to time. Either we haven't let go of the past or we're so busy controlling the future. Power of now, untethered soul, all these books are basically the same concept of this, of this concept. That means any time we go to that place of, 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 of oneness, we, why do we love it so much? Because you know what the problem is. Because you, you've been there and you feel calm and tranquil, doesn't mean you're on vacation. It could be in a meditation. It could be here. It could be in the gym. You're focused. That, that, it's, that, it's, like that, it's like an energy, like there's nowhere to be. There's no accumulation. There's no worry about, I'm exactly where I am. That's the concept of Shabbos. It's a concept of Shabbat. It's 160. The concept of there's nowhere to be. This is where you are. You know, you can go to B'nai Brak and see people in a one-bedroom apartment with 25 kids. There's no space there. They've, they're in joy. There's no space. But we could, you could be here in a mansion. With, you know, the housekeeper forgot to do this. You're in my way. Do you understand? It, it, it's not about money and that. It's an, all this is an illusion that we need to understand. So, so what are some of the prayers that he, that he... Again, I yearn. It's not that I'm there all the time like this. Let's, let's get this straight. But I know the difference when I'm in the moment. And I know the difference when I'm not in the moment. See, I know the difference. Just like if you eat, re- if you eat well, you know the difference when you eat well. And you know the difference when you don't eat well. Your energy's off, you don't feel right, you're tired, you're cranky. We know the difference. But if you don't know the difference, it's funny on Shabbat, just connecting in Shabbat, the food itself, they don't, we don't have this negative aspect. So you can eat foods that are, that are not so healthy on Shabbat, and you don't have this confusion afterwards. Where during the week, you eat those same foods, they completely confuse your mind. It's an unbelievable concept. Just the concept of, of, of what, what the excess happens. What does Rav Nachman say here in his prayers? What does Rav Nachman say? There is no questions whatever. That's the topic of, the, of, the, of, the, of this line. Hashem, bring me to perfect faith. Rescue me from all kinds of philosophy and doubts. You know that my mind is weak and my intellect is limited. My intelligence is circumcised and my heart is perplexed. All because of my many great sins which have reached the highest heavens. So I cannot understand even those, all the philosophy that do not have answers. Much less keep me away because all of this philosophy comes from the vacated space and there's nothing but questions and no answers. Rescue me from all of these questions. There's no questions whatsoever. There's only answers. Another prayer. God, you are beyond comp- comprehension and wonder without numbers. You transcend everything. You fill all the world. You created the universe in order to reveal your compassion. If in your desire to communicate your goodness, you constricted your light, and your constriction is where the light from the vacated space comes. Save us falling from any types of heresy. Do not allow our hearts and minds to have any kind of questions or doubts of any secular mindsets, for they are immersed in confusion, hearsay, 
having fallen into all of these wisdoms, and these wisdoms are not wisdoms at all. They're nothing but excess. And he can be, gives us a comparison, just like, for example, when a person dies, his hair and his nails continue to grow. Hair and nails are not part of you. It's an excess. It's a klipa. This is why we have to wash our hands when we, when we, when we cut our nails and when you touch your, and you wash your hair. And you uh, touch your hair or you cut your hair, you have to wash your hands. Because there's a concept of tuma. It's a concept of impurity. Even though it's part of you, even though it's part of you, there's a concept of tuma there, which is impurity. And this is the same thing. This is, this is all these heresies and all these philosophies. And a lot of people, because they're so into this philosophy, when it comes down to faith, what the hell is this? Like they, don't, they can't even comprehend. There's so much. And they think they're intelligent. That's the, the biggest confusion. And many people I've met in my rehab centers. I know this. I, they spew all fine, fancy words to impress everybody. But don't you have, if you figured everything out, you wouldn't have this addiction. You would have figured it out. <laughs> wouldn't you? Clearly, your creator is telling you, you know nothing. It's the fact that you can't even get rid of, of an addiction. But you have all this knowledge. Because what you're missing is not intelligence. What you're missing is this humility. That's what you're missing. That is what you're missing. Another prayer he says. Fortify my faith. God rescued me from looking into any books of philosophy and from talking about any philosophers who have fallen into the realm of questions that derive from the vacated space. Whoever comes there will not return. Whoever comes there will not return. Once you go there, you will not return. Strengthen me in my holy faith until I nullify, uproot, expel, and destroy all kinds of inquiries. Open up my conscience and broaden my mind with great holiness so I know the difference. And you know what? This is a great partial of the week. It's all about Moshe Rabbeinu was in silence. Korach, how come to hell it? How come the, the if you have a mezuzah in the room, if the book's full of rooms, nothing but comp, nothing but complications. All he had to be is simple. He had everything in the world, Korach. Mordechai, he had everything. Uh, Haman, he had everything in the world, but they couldn't be humble. They lost everything. Another prayer, being absorbed in silence. God, may I be absorbed in the soul of Moses, which is the concept of silence. How much, how, much, how much opposition did Moshe have? All he was trying to do is help people and show God's compassion. And all day long, he was burnt out. But he knew the power of silence. When he asked questions, certain questions, Hashem told him, silence. He knew the power of silence. Help me accustom myself to silence. In keeping with the words of the sages, Silence is a fence for wisdom. There's nothing better for the body than silence. Guide me to be silent, even though whenever confusions in the realm of faith come to my cloud, cloud my mind, let me be like a person who does not hear, who has no rebuttals in his mouth, like a deaf person who does not hear. May I not even consider how to reply to any of these errors, doubts, perplexities that overwhelm my mind and my heart, but remain silent even in thought, so that I can arise and absorb in your super internal and transcendence of faith. In this way, may my, may my faith, mind, and heart be completely, completely have holy strength. As a result of the silent, holy silence, all my confusions, all my foreign thoughts, all of this are, will completely collapse. 
What do I tell people? Stop resisting. Allow the feeling to happen and just let it pass. Stop labeling it. Let it pass. Let it pass. Just be in silence with the feeling. And you'll see little by little, it'll just go away. Just like a scratch in your back. Let it go away. We resist everything. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I this? Why am I this? Why am I that? Shh. Quiet. More quietness. It's a lot of noise outside. Quiet. I yearn. I love being alone. Because it's a place of quiet. It's quietness. If I can't get alone, I can't get these teachings. You cannot... You can't be overstimulated today. We're way too overstimulated today. We need more silence. We need more peace. You know, God, my weaknesses. You know that I lack counsel against those doubts. I have no answer for these doubts but to go into silence. So again, silence is also a form of surrender. Silence is also a munah. You're going through a challenge. Silent. Don't be angry. Don't be upset. Just observe it. And that will help you recognize what needs to be worked on. So we need a lot more silence. We need to declutter our heads. We need to simplify things. And we need to make space. We need to make space for things. And stop being so reactive. And re- right away reactive. We're so reactive that you can't create space. And this lesson, it's just so deep. There's, I mean, there's another 30 pages this lesson. But we're not going to go there. Because it's just way, it's blow your head out of the water. But... Practically, it's, a, it's enough that I wanted you guys to get the practicality of sh- just think of today of making space. Trying to make a space between your thoughts and your emotions. Try to make a space between your spouse instead of judging so much. L- look at their limitations and pray for them. Try to make a space between work instead of saying this is bad. Okay, maybe get curious. Maybe there's an opportunity there. Instead, unravel, you should unwrap the, the packaging that looks bad, but the inner essence is always good. Remember, the inner essence of everything is good in our lives because our Creator is compassionate. But the wrapping has a lot of klipot, has a lot of shells. And our job is to break these wrappings, get to the essence. Just like if you met somebody and you stopped judging them and you really understood them and you understood their essence and you understood where they come from, you would appreciate them so much, but what we're, we're looking at the packaging. We don't like the packaging of things. And that's why we can't get to the essence of the things. And this is why sometimes you're going to get also, you're going to start doing a, a meditation or his bodhidut or praying to God, and the packaging is not going to be there, or you're going to be confused. Unravel, unravel. Start breathing. Get yourself in joy. Unravel. Get, get, break the packaging. And get you, get to the essence, and you'll see the you'll get to, to the greatest greatest lights from unwrapping all the negativity. Have a great day.